Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Analyze Scripts. We are doing something a little bit different today. Um, usually we focus on fictional TV shows and movies, you know, but we have decided to take a stand against cults and we have decided that we will make an exception and talk about cults when they're in the media, because they are honestly just so atrocious. So we're going to try to walk a really fine line here, um, and still be ethical. You know, we're not trying to analyze anyone specifically, um, you know, in terms of like the people that are talked about and the two documentaries we're going to be talking about today. But we want to use this material to talk more broadly about cults in general. Um, Again, because it is really pervasive. It's really dangerous. It's heartbreaking. um, And we see it a lot in the media, but there's still so much confusion about it. So again, if you want to hear more, you can also revisit one of our older episodes about Yellow Jackets season two with Dr. Jesse Gold. We talk a lot about Lottie's cult. Um, and so basically today what we're going to do is I watched a documentary about a cult. Portia watched a different documentary about the cult, a different cult. And we didn't watch each other's documentaries. And we're going to tell each other about the different cults, right? Did I yes. explain that clearly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay, so do you want me to get started or do you want to get started, Portia? Um, why don't you intro yours and, and my get cult? started? Yeah. Yep, okay, well, cult of the week. Maybe clear, not, not my cult, but <laughs> the cult too short. Okay, so I'm going to be referring to a recent Netflix documentary called Escaping Twin Flames. Um, I think that's what it's called. It was only about three episodes. They're about an hour long each. 
interestingly, I watched them on an airplane when we were flying down to Disney World. So it was like an interesting juxtaposition, <laughs> you know, like going to the happiest place on earth and then watching like all of this like sadness and heartbreak and intensity sitting next to my children. It was, you know, it's interesting. Um, but so this called or sorry, this documentary follows an organization, which obviously they don't call themselves a cult, but they have some experts kind of weighing in who do call it uh, a cult or also a high control group is like another phrase used to describe cults these days. Um, and basically it's run by these two people, uh, Jeff and Shalia, who I was just looking up their Wikipedia before we got started, Portia, and they both have had different names throughout uh, their lives, according to Wikipedia, which I just think is interesting. Um, and they run something called the Twin Flames University. I had never like heard of Twin Flames until Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, right? Like, weren't they yeah. like all about Twin yes. Flames? Had you heard of this before? Um, I'll a little bit like it's just like an it's like an extra soulmate like that was my understanding of what yeah. or like a not an extra soulmate a, a soulmate like to the max right right um yeah so i again looked it up on wikipedia because it, you know doctors use wikipedia too um did you donate no <laughs> it's christmas time you know i'm a little strapped <laughs> Um, but basically, according to Wikipedia, it says the term twin flames was coined by the English novelist Marie Corelli in her novel of romance of two worlds. Um, and since then it has sort of, you know, evolved into a lot of like uh, new age spiritualism kind of focuses on twin flames. It's kind of like, it's my understanding. It's like your soulmate but like even greater than that. So it's almost like meeting your counterpart um, and that like you have to find each other in order to both achieve your full potential. Um, and so, and I, that's kind of what it is. And then I guess like these two folks started this Twin Flames University where you could take classes about like bettering yourself and finding your Twin Flame. And again, like we talked about in our Yellow Jackets documentary, like always be very careful when someone calls themselves a guru. Someday we'll have merch that has that slogan on it, um, right? But like, just always be careful. And I was looking and, you know, their their class that they sold was over $4,000. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It feels again, a lot. A lot. But again, like I see this, I don't know if you see it like in, in people you're treating or evaluating, but I see a lot of people coming to me who are paying a lot of money out of pocket. This isn't like they don't take insurance. They're also not advertising themselves as clinicians. They might advertise themselves as quote unquote life coaches um, or a coach of some kind. Uh, but you, you can charge whatever you want for whatever you're selling. Um, and it's just interesting to me how some people get hooked and yeah. some people charge like so much money. So if it, anyway, what the premise of the documentary Portia is, is that, you know, so these two people like start this twin flames university and they kind of use themselves as like, we found our twin flame and like, this is how we did it. And look at how successful we are and how happy we are and stuff. Um, and then, you know, people start joining and it, it kind of becomes, I feel like they always become these like MLM type things. Uh, right. Yeah. Where it's like you, you buy in and then you become the teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, did you watch that documentary about the Nexium cult? Not that one, oh. but 
Portia. I think I did like, the Lululemon, or not Lululemon, yeah. the LuLaRoe. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Similar. So mm-hmm. the next thing was really good. Also like heartbreaking and awful, but it's really good expose about like typical cold mm-hmm. psychology. Um, but again, it's like, you know, so we are, you know, up here on a pedestal, typically mm-hmm. like cult leaders are like malignant narcissists who want to be mm-hmm. idealized and they want people to obey them no matter what. Um, that's sort of, you know, and they have this like sociopathic flair to them. Again, I'm not analyzing anyone specifically or individually. I'm just talking about in general, what we see, um, they have this like sociopathic flair where again, they kind of get off or, or get a rush from controlling people. So those tend to be the people at the top of a cult. And then below are people who are vulnerable to this type of influence. And I think that's where the psychology is really fascinating. Like how do people get hooked and kind of sucked in? It's not always like someone waiting on the end of the road, like, hey, come sign up for my cult. Like no one would do it, right? So it tends to be people who are vulnerable in some way, you know, whether there's been a history of trauma, I would say really common if there's a developmental or intellectual disability, if there is some type of mental illness that can be um, exploited. Like I remember in my training, um, a colleague of mine was treating a patient with psychosis who was like getting sucked into these cults. Um, And for someone like that, who's already struggling to tell reality from not reality, it's real. you, You can see why you're vulnerable to this. And other times I think like you can just think of it as like um, like an unclear sense of self, you know, like someone who maybe is feeling a little lost or who's like looking to feel connection or community or love. I think those types of people might be more apt to, um, I don't know, just I guess feel like enticed by someone saying like, I have all the answers. Look how great my life is. Like you can have this too if you pay me a hundred million dollars and do everything I say and change everything about yourself. Isn't that great? You know, like I think people who have a really strong sense of self, um, who have more of a secure attachment style, probably will like sniff out the BS, mm-hmm. you know, and like turn away and not be as easily manipulated as other people who maybe are struggling with that. I don't know. What do you think? I think that's pretty true. I mean, I think a generalization would be that people who tend to kind of fall into um, cults or um, even like MLMs, it's like you're looking for something and then this organization is promising to deliver. And then there's this added layer of like you're a family. And obviously that feels really, really strong in like a cult as we know of. And then also we do see that show up in like LuLaRoe. And like your yes. team and like, you know, your, yes. your girl boss thing. So it can be obviously like different levels of it, yeah. but totally. I found a really interesting article that we're going to link to in our show notes because we know how to do that now <laughs> on psychology today that really explains cults um, written by Stephen Hassan, a PhD. It, I thought it was like a really good, easy to digest uh, description and they also say, like, you can see these dynamics, not just in cults, but you can see it in MLMs. You can see it in religious organizations. You can see it in schools. You can see it in families. You can see it in the workplace. Like, mm-hmm. again, it's not like this phenomenon is unique to cults. I think it's just from the outside, like when you're watching a documentary like this, you're just like, what? How on earth did these people like stick around? And it's because it's so insidious, 
and slow, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're seeing it in a three-hour documentary. This has been going on for like years. Like I think these people started this organization like 2007. Like it doesn't happen overnight, right? Right. So usually the leader's like really charming um, and charismatic and like captivating in some way. Um, But then there's a lot of uh, nefarious things going on underneath. So we'll link to that because it's really interesting. And I think it's important, you know, just to note that like these dynamics exist other places. And that's one reason we want to talk about it, to, you know, again, to sort of help educate and push out some, you know, information. So I guess um, with this one, with the Twin Flames University, so again, the whole goal is like sign up for this class, you'll become self-actualized. I feel like that's another thing, all these cults sort of advertise, like you'll be your best self, you know? And then that's like confusing because I feel like like Weight Watchers advertises that too. And like other types of self-help advertise that. So like, how do you draw the line? Um, but then you like pay for this. And then like, as, as this documentary goes on, Portia, you meet different characters in it and you meet like, there was one, I was trying to just look up their names again, really quick. Um, so is this online mostly? Like do you know, Netflix. Any, um, oh, oh, the, oh, the university. Like I could sign up, you know, yes. and take the class. You could go right now. Okay. You could go right now. I went to the mm-hmm. website actually to see if it's still there. And, and it is. Um, so it is online. Um, and then they started having like in-person meetups, which I think once you do that, then those connections are even stronger, right? Like now you're seeing oh, each yeah. other in person and it's like, oh, this is our community. This is our family. Mm-hmm. And he did, the leader, Jeff, did have a goal of eventually having like an actual community. Like we're all going to move to this place. I don't know if that ever happened or not. Um, but so we we meet a lot of different people involved. And um, one person involved that really struck me was this young girl named Marley. I think she was in her late teens when she got involved. Um, And again, I feel like that's like the perfect person who's susceptible, like a 17 year old with an internet connection. Mm -hmm. You're really impressionable. Exactly. You're not who you are. Right. Exactly. Like you don't, you don't have a fully formed identity yet um, because you're so young and you're just like trying to figure it out. Um, And we don't know anything about her background, so I'm not going to speculate. But basically, like, she was super young, going to these classes. I don't know how she's paying for it. I'm not sure. Um, And then what really struck me is basically, like, Jeff and Shalia, the leaders, would tell their participants, like, we know who your twin flame is, you know? So, like, once you're self-actualized enough, we'll, like, Mm. let you know. Or we're going to help make them out. Yes, exactly. Like, this ultimate puppeteer, right? This ultimate control. Um, and like they showed this scene where they were at the in-person meetup and they're all meeting for the first time and they're talking to Marley and saying like, well, is there anyone special in your life right now? And she's like, you know, they're showing this stuff and somehow they have footage of it, like in real time, you know, like they have the old footage, um, so someone was like filming all this, but then they're also showing Marley like present day reflecting on the experience and they're asking her like, is there anyone special in your life right now? And she's kind of shy. Cause she's like a kid. Um, and like, well, not really. And then Jeff's pushing her like, are you sure? Are you sure? Sort of like suggesting like he knows. And then she says like, well, there, this guy has been texting me and he's like, Oh, that's it. 
that's it. You know, this random guy who's texting her. And then that's her twin flame. You know, over time, she like starts, you know, having a relationship with this guy. She moves in with him when she's really young. I can't remember the age difference, but there was a pretty significant gap. Not like 20 years, but maybe somewhere between five to 10 years. And he like had a criminal past. He was doing a lot of drugs. That's all we know. We don't know if there's any other trauma going on in the home. I, you know, as they're living together, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Um, And it just like broke my heart that like this young girl gets like sucked in to like thinking this is the person she's supposed to love. Right. And you're just so like brainwashed by it. Um, So that was really like captivating and sad. Um, And then the other things that we see in the twin flames universe um, is we see a, a woman named Keely, who's a key character in the documentary because she got in early and became like one of the teachers. So she was someone who was like, you know, Jeff and Shelly are here. She's like the next level and trying to train other people. And how do you do the classes and stuff? And by the way, all these people are working for free. Like no one's getting paid. Eventually Jeff and Shalia like somehow incorporate to be a religion so that they don't have to pay taxes. And it's just like, again, all of this stuff is messy and very classic for cults. Yeah. So but what's interesting about Keely in this documentary is that she comes in, she finds her twin flame very early on um, and is sort of put on this pedestal of like the ultimate example of like, look, it's not just us, Jeff and Shalia, who found our true love. These people also did using our methods and now they can teach you. So they're like the ultimate teachers. And over time, she starts to kind of doubt what's going on. She eventually leaves and you really see her grapple with the shame and guilt of what she did while she was part of the cult. Um, and there's a scene at the end where she meets another former cult member who she used to be like the teacher of and would really push to do unhealthy things. And they just have this moment, this conversation where she's like so genuinely apologetic and it's really heartbreaking. Like you really see how like that whole thing about how like someone who's been abused becomes an abuser. Um, and it's it's really heartbreaking to to witness. So she's a really compelling character. And then the cherry on top of this awful Sunday, Portia, is that just nervous. Like, <laughs> I know you should be like, hold on tight. So as if all of this wasn't bad enough, as they progress, they start, you know, Jeff and Shalia start morphing their teachings to include that everyone is either a divine masculine or a divine feminine. Okay. So they're saying like, you're not like, you're either a divine masculine or a divine feminine. You're not, you don't have both characteristics of both. And you have to find like, if you're a divine, uh, if you are a a divine feminine, you have to find your divine masculine and vice versa, like two divine feminines, two divine masculines can't be together. Okay. So then they start telling people whether they are a divine masculine or feminine, whether or not that matches with that individual's own sense of their gender. Okay. And it's also not based on the person's like outwardly appearing gender. So they're not telling all the, you know, outwardly appearing girls, you're defined feminine and all the outwardly appearing males, you're defined masculine. 
The reason why is because they had way more women as students than men. Um, so I think they started running out of like men to pair with people, honestly, it seems like. So they started telling certain women, like you are a divine masculine and this divine feminine is your twin flame. You need to be in a relationship with them. And some of these people now who are being interviewed are like, I'm not attracted to this, this person. I don't feel like I'm trans or anything like that. In Portia, it goes so far that some of the people got top surgery. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to (laughs) pretend that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I know. I know. I know. And so like um, abuse a hundred percent across the board. This is why I feel like we can make the exception and talk about cults like this because it is so atrocious. It's like a human rights violation. Yeah. I feel like, you know, um, and what I really liked about this documentary actually is that, and I was like talking about this just socially with some of my friends who aren't in the mental health field. And they agreed that they really appreciated how in this documentary, they had someone, um, who is, I forget exactly what their title was, but they work at like a university and gender studies and uh, do a lot of advocacy for transgender rights and things like that. And they very clearly said like, this actually is anti-trans, like Twin Flames University is advertising itself as pro-trans. Like we support this, we'll support you when no one else in your family does, we'll support you getting your surgery and things like that. But they're like, this is actually completely anti-trans because you are telling someone what they are and how their body should look. And you don't care if that matches their own inner experience. Right. And that is like bad, so bad. And so this documentary does follow um, a couple people in particular who ended up getting surgeries. And one of the most heartbreaking scenes is when they, you know, they follow a group of mothers who have been disconnected from their children who have joined this cult. And one of them is watching her daughter talk about getting top surgery because she was told she's a divine masculine. And it's just so heartbreaking to see. Um, And then the other two pieces of the documentary that just blew my mind were at the beginning, they advertised having 
and there was a psychologist involved. Okay. Like someone with like real training. Um, they advertised having some sort of treatment for PTSD of all things. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is disgusting. It is egregious. It should be reportable to whatever like medical or psychology board this person is licensed by. Um, because they're advertising, like we have this treatment and really they're just like indoctrinating people. Um, and so that was really disgusting to me. And the last thing I wanted to tell you about was we saw one of these moms, like as she's talking to the camera about like basically her child, like cut her off and she keeps trying to reach out. She's not hearing back, but she keeps trying. And I feel like that's the message I want to get out is like, if you have someone you love in one of these cults or high control groups, like just keep reaching out, even if you're getting nothing back, because you just have to keep that, that thread of attachment going so that when the person is hopefully ready at some point to leave, they know you're still there. Um, so this mom kept reaching out, kept reaching out, even though like, you know, she wasn't getting anything back. And then like, as she's talking to the camera, her child text messages her and you see her very genuine reaction just like, and all the text said was like, mom, it's me. I need help getting out of this relationship. And she's just like, like, just like, I just got chills trying to tell you about it because it's so moving and it's so sad. And you see just such a genuine reaction of her saying like, oh my God, she got back to me. Like, I want to say something, but I don't want to push her away. Mm-hmm. I want to keep this going, but I don't want it to be too much. Like, what do I say? And then you see her telling the other moms that she heard from her child and how they're supporting each other. Oh my God. It's just, it's really intense. And it's, I would say this documentary is very hard to watch um, because you really see how so many people have been exploited and traumatized right. and how they're trying to pick up the pieces and how there's still so many people like in it. And, but I think it really speaks to cults Mm -hmm. and kind of what it's like. And I feel like twin flames to me always sounded like ludicrous. You know, it just sounds like something that's so ludicrous, but I think that's also an important point is that like to some people it's not ludicrous. Yeah. And it's just depends on like what you're searching for, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's like love or a family or like money for like MLM schemes. Right. So that's a key part, I think, in in your cult and the one you watched. And then um Yes, not not Dr. Fury's cult. I do not have one. I'm not a guru. Right. So in Love Has Won, which I watched, um, which is on HBO or Max, three three parts, three hours. Um it sounds like there's a lot of people who are in general, like prior to joining um, or like kind of like anti-establishment mm-hmm. um, some, you know, like the government isn't working for us anymore, which like, yes, I could like, yeah, a lot of people feel that sure. way. Yeah, um, exactly. So there's these like, you know, I think sometimes really normal like thoughts or feelings somebody could have. And then it's like the cult yes. kind of takes that and is like, oh, yeah. So like, yes. we also believe this. And then they kind of like continue to pull you in. I think we saw that 100%. a little bit with like QAnon stuff. It's like some of, yes. you know, some of what I'm sure they had out there is like pretty believable. So that kind of draws right. the person to do more research. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're in a cult. In. And, right. And again, it's like, I feel like it's certain types of people mm-hmm. who are going to keep getting sucked in 
And the leaders have an uncanny ability to sniff that right. out and they know who they can manipulate and exploit. Right. No, totally. So speaking of that, so Amy Carlson or Mother God. Oh, oh Mother God. Or okay. Mother Earth or Divine Mother um, okay. was a young um I'd say attractive woman who Mm -hmm. had um, three husbands and some children who she ended up leaving all um, for her own kind of spiritual journey. So her mother and sister describe her as being really like charismatic. Um, She worked at McDonald's and was kind of immediately like in a leadership role. You know, she was constantly being promoted. Her team loved her. Mm -hmm. She had this way with people and, um, yeah. So during that time, they, they, you know, she was with um, a partner and, you know, she had several children, et cetera. So then she starts to kind of join these online chat groups, which oh. I feel like is a pretty common <laughs> start to nice. um, the the depths of the Internet. So she started yeah. with like spiritual singles um, and she ended up meeting this man who was much, much older than her, or at least he appears much older than her on um, lightworkers.org. So they were like messaging back and forth. It's, it's basically just people who are, um, I I would imagine interested in like spirituality and you can like chat with um, each other about like the divine and, and, -hmm. and mutually interesting things. So she meets Amrith White Eagle and she ends up what, meeting what, him. What, what's that name again? So it's Amareth White Eagle. Is is this person like indigenous? Um, I don't know. Okay. So he, this all kind of then takes place in like the Pacific Northwest. It appears, okay. you know, so Colorado, maybe. Oregon, um, kind of back and forth. So she meets him. They end up getting married. I'm not sure if it's like, you know, a... a legal marriage or they just like have a ceremony and they start putting their message out online. So they're interviewing him. He appears, I don't know, like 70 and she's like 30. Oh, Um, but funnily enough, that is she though seems like she's running the show still. So like he's very Mm -hmm. peace and love. Um, and he's kind of going along with whatever she's saying. So she wants to put more on social media. He's like, okay. And then she ends up leaving him eventually, I think like after a year to kind of start an organization with people that she also met online who are then more um, close in age to her. And did she like use his money or something? Um, no, it, it okay. seemed kind of like they uh, lived in nature. Um, he didn't really have much. He seems like, this is a this is an opinion like sweet like just like a hippie you know like living yeah, on the like land new agey. yeah okay and so she then he appears, like compost yeah totally compost okay um, <laughs> she takes that and like runs with it so she gets she meets this guy who she heals um oh, so this is a big kind of part of her so she heals him of cancer and they always are healing people yes. of cancer. Jeff and Celia said they could do that too, by the way. And they also call themselves the Divine Father and the Divine mm-hmm. Mother. And they went through IVF to have a daughter who's the Divine Daughter. And like, I worry for her. But sidebar, anyone Ooh. who's calling themselves Divine Father or Mother, like, yeah. run away. Yeah. Run away. Yeah. And that always seems to be a theme of like healing people. Um, yes. So he comes to live with her, works with her. And then there's this other person who comes in who then becomes like the second um, father God, who he 
appears to not be in the cult anymore as he's being interviewed for the show. So he's kind of has like a, a, a different stance than everyone else who is interviewed who appear to still really believe some of um, her messages. So, you know, that this is not even the, the crux of the story. So she gathers this, yeah. these group of people who, who they talk about have pretty significant trauma histories. Um, and she is, um, then these beliefs come out where, so they believe that they are being led by like Robin Williams, um, St. Germain. Um, what? M- most of these people who are deceased, there's only one living person who is Donald Trump. So oh, they have this oh. board with all of their pictures and she's constantly getting messages from Robin Williams and St. Germain. She has been, um, so she's God, like who's billions of years old. She has been Marilyn Monroe. She has been Cleopatra. She's been all of these kind of famous women throughout history who've done like different things. So I was like, you're Marilyn Monroe and you're like, um, um, Joan of Arc. Like it's just, wow. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. It's yeah. just different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Does then, she believe in like reincarnation or something? Only for her. Or it's not clear. Right. Of course. Of yeah. Course. So then ultimate she, exception. <laughs> yeah. So Robin Williams is telling her, um, this is, oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of skipping some things, but basically that she needs to be at a really, really low weight to be picked up by the starships. So she starts restricting her food intake, which is just interesting because that's what I do in my private practice. Um, and so I was like, oh, here we go. And um, to be like 103 pounds, she used to be under 103 in order to be picked up. So other people in the group as well start restricting nutrition. The lighter you are, the higher like um, frequencies you can tolerate. Hmm. So they also believe that marijuana and alcohol are like tools of healing if used appropriately, which they they do say, which I was like, okay, but her um, appearingly her use of alcohol combined with her food restriction seems to lead to her like downfall. So she gets really, really sick. Like pancreatitis. She, um, I think her, her liver's failing. Probably. Um, and so she's very, very small. Um, they go to Hawaii to try to heal her. She gets Kauai. They get literally driven out of Kauai by the people who live there because she is now saying that she is, and I, I'm, I'm not remembering it at the time, but she's like there, a bit, uh, this this goddess that they believe in. And she's saying that, that, that she's that person or that spiritual leader. And they're like, no, yeah. you're not. That's like so really... Offended you know, disrespectful. Yeah. So they leave Kauai, yeah. go back to Colorado and she's dying. Um, and meanwhile, this whole oh, time they're God. trying to save her and she's ingesting high, high levels of colloidal mm. silver. Um, oh, to which, try to like heal her. Yes. Quote unquote. Yeah. Okay. And so she Jeez. ends up passing away. And, oh um, Meanwhile, her family before this has put her on Dr. Phil to try to point out that she's a cult. Dr. Phil is involved. It doesn't work. She like presents as just like, oh, you know, I'm like really spiritual and like not giving culty vibes at all. Doesn't do anything. Um, Meanwhile, they interview her daughter, who's like just like sad watching it. Um, She feels abandoned by her mom. So Amy dies and they are convinced per her that she is going to be picked up by the starships. So they have her body at home um, or it's, it happens in a hotel and she, they, they are like holding up these um, freak 
these, you know, they use them in like the ghost stories where you like hold up this instrument and oh, the thing goes crazy, the frequency. So they're like holding it up to her dead body. Meanwhile, all of this they have filmed. They've filmed and written down everything that she's ever done. She sneezed five times. She did this because she's God. And so they have this dead body with them for a week, like a week or two. They end up leaving the hotel because the hotel people are really confused and like concerned. They go back to the house in Colorado. Um, The police end up coming. She's mummified. Yeah, Yeah, that's what like. Um, Oh my god! And it was never taken. And you know, they still kind of were saying that they believe to this day that you know we're we're so curious what her autopsy showed. Like she has three hearts. You know, like I'm sure all the medical people were like blown away, and everyone seemed to kind of branch off and and do something with spirituality again it was a pretty small cult there was like 12 to 20 active members who were living there then again they made over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars that one of the members then stole after she died and took and because all of it was in his name because there's always a theme of money you know greed power power in a cult in in my experience so I think we saw all of the key themes of like uh, a person with a really unique um, ability to have charisma and charm. Yeah. So, I mean, it just seems like there's always common themes with cults, um, which we see over and over again. And and I think really what I was keeping in mind while watching this documentary is like, there there's such there can be such a fine line between like spirituality and yeah. and just having different beliefs that maybe are not mainstream and like that's okay but there becomes this like little you know line that gets crossed where there's like abuse yeah. and someone yes. taking advantage over someone else and it's like that to me yeah. is like really the difference between any anything you want to believe in or do or or how you want to live right. um but when you're harming others or being harmed it's like that's when it's not okay Right. And I think I had a friend recently ask me, like, how do you tell the difference between someone who's psychotic and someone who Mm -hmm. is like running a cult, but not psychotic? So like the woman you were just describing to me, Portia, the mother God person, sounds like she may have had elements of both, which is possible, although I would imagine, although I don't know for sure, more rare. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, I would say like people who are cult leaders tend to meet criteria for what we call malignant narcissism. Um, So again, as we talk about with narcissistic personality disorder, you know, they really elevate themselves into this God role. They believe God is talking to them, but then they also take advantage of other people. Whereas I think someone who is just struggling with a psychotic disorder who may have religious delusions, again, they might also believe that God is talking to them, but then they're not using that to their advantage and exploiting people to make money or for sex or some other kind of secondary gain. Um, so I think that's something important to note. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's just, it's, it's so hard. And I think we should, like you said, create some merch. We, we need like a clear checklist to ask yourself to disseminate to everyone. Like, and, you know, Are is you... this a cult or not? Oh my <laughs> Where God, are the seriously? red flags? Seriously, seriously. Um, Again, I would say be very wary of anyone calling themselves a guru guru, or using words like that who doesn't have the applicable like training or credentials. That even goes, I think, for like getting medical advice online, like on Instagram and TikTok, like 
be really cautious and look into like, what is this person's credentials? Like, are they really qualified to be telling me these things? Mm-hmm. Um, be mindful of how much are they charging? What are you getting from it when they're charging you? And um, what does your gut tell you? If your gut red flags are going off, like you got to listen. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I like the part about like the cost because things should feel balanced, you know, like if you're getting mm-hmm. a worksheet or if you're, you know, if I'm paying an insurance, you know, via insurance for therapy and I'm paying, you know, I don't know, it can be anywhere from 90, 90 to 150, depending on an insurance rate for an hour. Sure. And, and that person is credentialed, right? They, if you take insurance, you have to be, you know, a certain quality mm-hmm. of practitioner, And so, you know, if you're seeing someone who's like a guru or a coach and you're paying privately and they do not have um, the credentials, it's like, and I'm paying maybe, you know, $800 for an hour sessions. It's like, that just feels off. Um, And I'm not talking about, you know, private pay or like, you know, for someone who does have credentials, but if, if you can get therapy from a certified, you know, licensed practitioner that generally sometimes insurance covers, sometimes it doesn't for, you know, around a hundred bucks, depending where you are. Um, and, and someone, a coach is asking for hundreds, hundreds, and sometimes thousands of dollars that just feels off. Right. And that is a a theme we've seen, at least in, in these two, um, documentaries we're talking about today is the, the cost of the classes or whatever it is you're buying seems exorbitant. Mm -hmm. I mean, like at twin flames university, I read they were charging $4,000. Like that's, that's crazy. That's, that's like really a lot of money. Um, so you really just have to be mindful of what are you getting out of it. And as yeah. soon as you start to get a whiff of someone trying to change who you are or something trying to convince you that they know you better mm-hmm. than you know yourself, huge red flag, run away. If you're feeling devalued around them and they're always putting themselves on a pedestal, run away. Mm-hmm. Um if everyone's fawning over them and the people who um, are, you know, bring up a criticism or have a question, get ostracized, run away, run away. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) That's on the sweatshirt. Run away. Run away. Yeah. (laughs) So you can find both of these documentaries. (laughs) One of them, the one Katrina watched twin flames is on Netflix. And then the one that I watched love has one is on max. Um, both short kind of docuseries, which I, I loved that it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. eight hours, um, both <laughs> sad and, you know, just the after effects are, are, are sad and, and, you know, cults obviously can be so, so dangerous and abusive so to dangerous. people. Um, you know, there's many practitioners out there who specialize with treatment of people who have been in a cult. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, if you're, if you have more interest in it, like Katrina's going to link that psychology today article. And then also, mm-hmm. you know, I think our biggest theme is please reach out. Right. So in, in, the one I watched, there was a mother who continuously yes. was kind of getting police involvement and calling her daughter and contacting her. And they ended up um, reuniting at the end. And just, you know, as painful don't as it up. is, please don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. That's a, a big theme I want to mm-hmm. get across too. And, um, you know, we'll keep covering cults, I think moving forward. Again, we want to be mindful of, um, and be really clear. We're not analyzing any one person in particular. Um, we're just using this media to talk about this phenomenon in more detail because it is so dangerous and so many people, um, are getting hurt by these things. And I would imagine, um, like coming out of COVID with so much more happening online, I think, you know, 
it's reaching more people these days, like cults and all it takes, all you need is, you know, you can be in a cult of one. It doesn't have to be huge. So that's another thing to keep in mind is these dynamics can play out in, you know, smaller communities, smaller relationships, even within families. So, um, you know, we're hoping to try to shed some light on these toxic dynamics so you can protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to um, catching up with you next time as we cover another movie or TV show. Yeah. And find us on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and Analyze Scripts Podcast. Um, Please rate, review, and subscribe. And let us know what you think. And let us know what you'd like to hear us cover next. Bye. Bye. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.